Hey, I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are your Kraken Captains. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. Thanks for joining us. Well, don't blink, Doug. February is almost gone. Two games left against the Maple Leafs and the St. Louis Blues. January was a good, good month for the Kraken, but in February, it was a mixed bag where the boys could never really build any momentum. Although we did see a playoff-type atmosphere the other night when we played Boston, and it came down to the wire, and we battled to the bitter end, but we, we ended up losing that game. But it just felt like a playoff atmosphere. And uh, we've played the best team in the league pretty hard uh, both games, so that's really cool to see. But we are currently sitting at three wins and six losses with two games left, so... The best we can get is four more points, and it's going to end up being a losing record in February. And in a tight Pacific division, we didn't help ourselves. But we get a chance to get back on track uh, with winnable games against Detroit, Columbus, and Anaheim, all ahead and in short order. Uh, what about you, Doug? Where do you see the Kraken at the end of February? Hello, Kraken fans. Hello, JB. It's been quite a month. That was one heck of a game against Boston, I gotta say. It was back and forth. It's been quite a month. Can't believe it's almost over already, and the trade deadline is right around the corner. So the question on everybody's minds is whether Dave Hackstall and Ron Francis are done, or if they still have moves to make. Also, with Burakovsky on the injured list, the team has a new point leader in Jordan Eberle. Gotta love him. Veneers is back in the lineup, lighting up the lamp. Berkey went back in the locker room in the game against the Islanders where we lost four to nothing. How long will he be injured? Cause the playoffs are right around the corner and without him, you know, should we be looking to acquire someone like Brock Bozer from the Vancouver Canucks? I don't know. We got to see Jesper Froden get his first assist in that game against the Bruins. It was good to see him in the lineup for the Kraken. Yeah. But uh, this team can't go through March and April the way they went through February because they've got some big competition coming up, and the playoffs are for real, JB. Yeah, everything's about to get tight, you know. Everything's about to get harder. Everybody's pushing for that playoff push, and you can already start to feel it, I think, uh, especially in the Pacific Division where it's nine points between the top five teams, so... It's going to get a little crazy. I think the interesting thing about the trade deadline for me is I think it'll tell us something about the condition of Burakovsky. Because if he's out long-term, like, they don't have to say it, but if he, like, tore an ACL or something and he's not going to be back in the playoffs, then maybe you, you do go get a, up, right? a Brock Bozier, somebody to replace that production. Patrick Kane has been... On the hunt for another team, you know, and and I'm not saying that I would want to go pick him up, but 
like you said, if you got Burakovsky on IR for long term, you're gonna want somebody with with some skills on that winger for side. sure. And there are some interesting moves being made, but we'll get into that coming up in the Maelstrom. All right, here we are doing it again, our new thing. We got the uh, three stars of the episode, right? So let me kick it off with our first star, Philip Grubauer. <laughs> Since the 1st of January, he's 5-3-2 with a goals against average of 2.37 and a save percentage of .913. Um, he's been focused and sharp in the new year. Definitely seeing the puck well. And I think he may be the only player on the roster that didn't suffer an all-star game hangover. Um, he's looked really good. And he straight up robbed Marchand in that game uh, the other night against Boston from point blank range. Bunch he, of good you know, for all the goals that went in in that game, there were some amazing saves, especially. From oh, both goalies, but especially from Drew. He's amazing. So um, he's going to need to continue this level of play if the Kraken are going to hope to make the playoffs, especially with Jones suffering kind of a bit of a regression of late. So, But it's Drew for a first star this time. And the second star, we've got Jordan Eberle. He's come alive in the new year, but especially in February, scoring three goals and five assists for eight points during that stretch. He now leads the team in assists with 33. He also leads the team in points, as I've pointed out, with 46 points. Big 46. Yep. Old man. No, we've got like four or five skaters with over 40 points this season. They're looking good. Uh, Vince Dunn and Maddie Beneers being two of them, nipping at his heels with 42 points apiece. Yeah, they're next in line. And then what, McCann's at 41? Yeah. So yeah, those, are your, those are your five? Yep. Yeah, dude, Eberly. And Burakovsky is the other one. Oh, he's 39. He's, he's 39. Back. If he comes back, he'll make it. Yeah. But I, somebody else will creep up in there. I think Sprong's got 30, so if he gets to play, we'll see. But, yeah, Eberly, you know, I know he's good, and he was a great pickup from the Islanders, but it just he snuck in there. Like, I was looking at the stats, and I was like, He's leading. <laughs> when did this happen? But oh, that's he's just been out there doing, putting the work in, man. Putting the work he's, in, yeah, and that's right why. up front. Every time Maddie Beniers is coming in on the, you know, that first goal that Maddie Beniers had against the Bruins, yeah, they came in on a three-on-one, and it was Beniers on the left. I can't remember who's in the middle. That was and Vince Dunn. Was, Vince Dunn yeah, pulled the Vince defender. Vince Dunn was in the middle. Yeah. Everly was on the right. Yeah. And Veneers looked like he wanted to pass over to Everly. He was wide open. He had the pass, but he just sniped it. Sniped yeah. it home. Yeah, well, that's a good setup right there. And I think, you know, that's helped because they've gotten back to that of late where it's Everly, McCann, and Berniers, how they started out the season, you know. Yeah. And so you get that chemistry back. So it's a fun line to watch, and uh, it's going to yeah, be awesome moving forward. For sure. See who wins that race. McCann scores a couple more goals, gets in on those assists. You know, who knows? He could pull it out again. 
But that's a perfect segue into the third star. It's got to be Matty Bernier's. Nothing can keep this young man down. Not even crummy hits from shoddy players. I'm talking to you, Vancouver. (laughs) He comes back, you know, uh, from the All-Star break. Didn't light up the scoring sheet right away. Uh, But then he got hot. He blocks a shot of his knee to seal a victory against the Flyers. Um, comes into the last two games of February with four assists and two goals, including that one in the first minute against his hometown, Boston Bruins. So um, good to see him getting back in the flow. I think he had like a 10-game scoreless streak there going. So turns it around in February and uh, heating up, heating up. So He's an Olympic champion, okay? You can't <laughs> keep a good man down. Right, right. <laughs> Champion's an interesting word, <laughs> but he's been <laughs> to the Olympics for sure. <laughs> well, he's a medalist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of February, um, we can talk about the rest Rest of February. It was really not a good month for the Kraken, like we mentioned. They started with that horrible hangover, an East Coast road trip, never really got any momentum. Uh, Grew kept them in... In games against the Avs and Jets, where they lost in a shootout. Big thanks to the hockey gods for those two points. But seems to me, Jones has had some regression. And he dropped an egg in what should have been a nice revenge game against the Sharks. So, uh, what do you think? What's up with Jones? It's got to be that baby keeping him up at night. <laughs> Why do you think they've been winning so much on the road all season? Oh, it making better- sense. <laughs> he better straighten up in the next couple of weeks, though. I'm telling you. Yeah, I think we're seeing kind of things go back to what they thought to start the season. Gru's clearly the starter, and Jones is the backup. But we definitely need him to show up like the Jones we saw for those 23 wins earlier in the season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, P gets right. Everything works. And uh, I think Gru stays fairly rested going into the end of the season. And then we'll see where we are for the playoffs. Yeah, if Grubauer goes on a tear coming into the end here, we'd be looking pretty good. This team looks different without Burakovsky. It seems that he might be missing significant time with that lower body injury. Like you said, they said the his leg went down awkwardly in that Islanders game. Right, but- no, non-contact. Always remember, non-contact injuries... Are the every time I'm like it, it's bad. <laughs> Nobody it's bad. touched him. It's no good. So they'll have to find another gear going into this last month and a half of the season if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah. Good news is Maddie Beniers has come alive after the All Star break, and obviously he's 100 percent after that nasty hit he took. And other key players on this roster are coming to life too. Just look at Jordan Everly. McCann, Yanni Gord, Schwartz, you know, you want to build momentum. and You got to be playing your best hockey at the right time. So we'll be looking at the Kraken and watching that closely as we move forward because now is the time. Yeah, Yanni, I think, is kind of was in the same boat as uh, Matty Berniers and had been on like a 10-game or something like point – Pointless streak, and then he scored one the other day, and they were like, how does it feel to score a goal after 10 games or whatever? And he's like, thanks for mentioning it. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> these guys get hot, <laughs> and uh, 
if they get hot at the right time and stay hot, I think you're in the right, right place. So definitely something to watch. But unfortunately, one of my favorite streaky players, uh, Sprong, looks like he could be the odd man out. Um, I know they were kind of rotating scratches between Donato and Geeky and Sprong, but he's uh, Sprong's been the main sub for the past two weeks with John Hayden coming up and now Jesper Froden. Um, you know, he's the player of choice. I kind of tried to look into it. The th- thing is, is that he's got the, the only thing that's glaring to me is he's got a lot of like minus one, minus two, minus three, where he doesn't like produce points. And, uh, so he doesn't produce anything and he's on the ice when the other team is scoring. He's not playing defense. Exactly. He's you not, know, so it's team. maybe that's part of it. Whereas like his defensive side of his game is not good enough and but the other thing is I think we're getting to that part of the season where the staff you know wants to have different looks and they're calling up he people could just like be Hayden. volunteering the time off to give the other guys a you know oh dude no athletes don't do that no way <laughs> you give up your spot you give it up permanently yeah. um but you know like Jesper Froden for instance he's the leading a point getter for the Coachella Firebirds. So obviously they're bringing up, taking taking a look, see what they have in him as far as where he fits in an NHL roster. And um, so it could just be a blip from the front office, just seeing what moves they need to make at the trade deadline. But the thing for me is every time it seems like Sprong is sits. The next game he comes in, he shoots three shots, scores a goal, or something happens with him where he's like, don't forget about me. And he's th- got a heck of a shot. Dude, he's I got think a rifle. I'll be, I know you're like a big, yeah, I'll be I'll be really sad if he's he's the one that goes, but I'll let you say your piece on it. I think it's clear. It. The team's making moves, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We all get close to the players and and like the team the way it is. But if you want to if you want to win the cup, the pieces have to all fit just right. And if that happens, I wouldn't shed a tear for any one of these guys that the front office might decide to send packing. Just not geeky, please, <laughs> or or Winnie, <laughs> <laughs> or Schwartz, <clears throat> or Schwartz, yeah. or definitely Sprung. He's right, good. he's good. It's and it's like, and you know, and and on the other hand, you got they've got Tovenin, who's just been hot. You know what I mean? Well, and maybe that's see. So maybe that's the thing. Like Tolvanen is like Sprong two point maybe, or <laughs> yeah, and or one point or whatever. They're hair, like, hey, right we've now. got Tolvanen now. We don't need Sprong, or because yeah. Tolvanen's got that heavy shot too. You know. Uh, and he's been producing those power play points, so it's kind of like, all right, well, you've got some glaring hole, you know. And as much as Sprong has worked on his def- the defensive side of his game, maybe they're just like, no, nah, we should now going into the like, I mean, playoffs Kiki here. I mean, and Donato, it could be, I mean, maybe it's just like Kiki's winning the faceoffs. Right. You know, but like how they decide who who sits for a game here and there and who plays every game is, you know, that's not common knowledge. <laughs> right. It's, it's so true. We're just kind of grasping at straws. Yeah. 
but it's just interesting to see these last few. He's been a steady. He's been a steady scratch for. He's played every game, though. Like I mean, he's been he's been playing a lot of games. I know, I know. But for the last two weeks, doing really good good for the team too. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, why him and not someone else? I have no idea. Right. Right. But now we get into the final chess piece. I think Drieger was uh, put on waivers. The landlord. It was the landlord, baby. The landlord. You baby. better pay your rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was put on waivers, uh, sent down to Coachella, and everybody, you know, collective Kraken Nation, holding their breath. And uh, there was a moment in the Bruins game, like right after they sent him down. They sent him down earlier in the day. Where turns out, when you watch the replay. Uh, Grew got kicked in the back of the head, but he was down for a minute, and I'm sure Ron Francis was like, "Oh God, <laughs> I just got rid of a perfectly good goalie." But yeah, everybody's holding their breath. But thank God, um, you know, Drieger survived, and he ended up clearing waivers, and he's in Coachella. And I think this could now they're be... paying rent in Coachella. Yep, the now they're going to have to pay the heavy price. Yeah, I think this, you know. Is a masterstroke by by Ron Francis, by Ronnie Bowie. You know, frees up the cap space, uh, some cap space from his contract. And uh, it also protects Drieger because he made it through. And, you know, Jones, you know, up to this point, it's been a pretty good revelation and probably deserves to be the backup. And this way, Drieger's down there in Coachella, and he can get some live action with that team coming off that ACL tear without jeopardizing the chemistry that's that we got going on right now that worked with out. the team. So I was that, worried. Yeah, you, you never like, know what's going to happen. Like he had a goalie going on waivers, and he's up for grabs, and it's just like anybody who needs a goalie could just reach out and grab him. But it's you're right. Coming right off that ACL tear, that's risky. Had, yeah, he hasn't played – He's got three and a half million on his contract. Nobody's seen him play a minute of hockey all season. That's a tough trigger to pull on a guy, right? <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. obviously knew it. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was counting on. So there you go. That's it. Is what it is. We survive. All right, Doug. At this point, we're days away from the trade deadline, so. Hey, as we record, it's days away. Mm-hmm. Days away, and like you know, I brought up Brock Bozer just because I I saw a blurb. You know what I mean? And there's been a lot of chatter about the Patrick Kane situation. Right? Yeah, is he going to Pittsburgh? Is he going to New York? Could he be coming to the Kraken? That would be crazy. You know. So here's where we sit. Jesper Froden, obviously, he's up from Coachella. Uh, Megna. Was acquired from the Sharks, but he's pretty much been a scratch along with Flurry most nights. So you got these two defensemen who are scratches, and now we've sent down a goalie and freed up another space. So seems to me there's a lot of open space in there for making moves if you're not going to pull somebody else back up from Coachella. So I've heard Susie is a trade candidate, and possibly then Magna slides into his spot. So what uh, what do you think? What moves get made, if any? Man, it's like, I don't know. It all depends on that Burkowski situation, like you said. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if, if 
If they don't think he's coming back anytime soon, then it's, they're going to have to find somebody. Yeah, you got to replace that production. He was the point leader. And I don't think going into the playoffs, pulling somebody fresh out of Coachella is a good idea. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather have somebody who's got, you know, 30 points in 40 games or, or 25 points in 30 games on the season. Yeah, Bozier. Somebody who's been playing at that level the whole season, that level of competition. Yeah, certainly not somebody young. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, somebody I think, who's been in the playoffs. If, he, if if we're planning on getting there, like having somebody who's been in it is, yeah. would be helpful. Probably. I think, you know, obviously Ryan O'Reilly would have fit that whole scenario, but he went to Toronto. So that's a problem. I don't yeah. think I, you know, as much as Patrick Kane, whatever, I don't think they go after him. He's kind of in the twilight of his career, more of a rental. I still think Timo Meyer, um, you know, there's some, I think there's something there, something worth looking at, but I know we talked about it last time. Like if that was the case, why don't you just package all that up when you get Magna? Yeah, um, yeah. I already dealt with the Sharks. So, I don't know. I've observed at least two times in recent memory where Vince Dunn has mishandled the puck or made like a bad pass while he's quarterbacking the power play, which has directly led to two shorthanded goals. Just bad, bad breakaways. So, maybe they, they look for somebody who can quarterback the power play unit um, and kind of take that spot. <laughs> you know, until next year or something. I don't know. Um, I just, that's something I definitely observed. He, he had one where they got a shorty in, Bo- uh, in the Boston game. And then I was like, wait, yeah. I've seen that before. And then I had to think yeah. back and I was like, yeah, he's done that a couple of times. So I don't know. Um, that Alexiak goal in that game. Oh, the pass from geeky <laughs> that, Dude, that backhanded that pass. Beauty. Oh, yeah, yeah, that whole that whole play was just awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the system that they got where that allows the the defense to come up into the play and how they've like how everybody's kind of bought in and figured out how that works. Watching that stuff is really cool. I think Vince Dunn scored recently or last in that game too. Pretty sure. I think so. Don't make me look. <laughs> I know now I'm now I'm like pulling out my phone and looking. I'm come on. It was like a oh no 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 no. It was the game before. It was a blooper that like. It was like a shot that didn't look like there was much on it, but then it just went in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he did score. That's it. Yeah, it Vince was. Dunn it from was Winberg. in the Boston game. Yeah, yeah, second yeah, period. He just kind of whacked at it, and it was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Did it go off another guy's stick? I don't know. Yeah, so, I, you know, I'm getting tired as we're getting close with the NHL trade deadline. <laughs> so I just I don't even know what's going to happen anymore. But. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough to, because cause they could go out and get anybody. That's the thing, right? Like, right. 
I have no idea how many guys are like up and available and that teams are trying to shop in, you know? Yeah. yeah. You just don't know. There's no way to know. It's like, we got a few more days and then we'll know. And that's the crazy thing. Cause every team looks a little bit different now, right? After the next few days, every single team right before the playoffs looks a little bit different. Right. Maybe, uh, so, Maybe Jacob Chicharun from the Coyotes or even like Max uh-huh. Domi. Max mm-hmm. Domi um, from Oh, Wayne the Simmons, I think. Who was it, Toronto is sending him? Yeah, Did or Ivan Barbashev. There were some guys. There's some guys. Moves could be made. Yeah, I, I I see. Here's the thing: it's so hard because it feels like they've like freed up roster space and cap space now for somebody. So something's happening. Like something's happening back there. Something it's is be right before the deadline. I would be really surprised if something doesn't happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if it just turns out to be a nothing burger, I'll be like, "What was all that about then?" <laughs> but overreal. Here we are. All right, we've got to talk about Brad Marchand. Um, oh, yeah, the so, Brad Marchand trip on Oliver Bjorkstrand right? during that game. Yeah, they, that, they find Marchand the maximum 5000 Yep, $5,000. $5,000 fine for, you know, for I the think, trip on Bjorkstrand. It was, you know, you watch the replay, and it was obvious what he did, and I think – you know, a better message would have been to suspend him for a game or something and be like, that's the five grand. That's an endangerment. Yeah. $2 million salary, five grand's a, so, but you know, at least after the no review on the Berniers hit, at least getting somebody to review it and say, yeah, that was, that was no good. You know, it was nice. Um, but I gotta say, you know, somebody kicked crew in the back of the head too. With their skate, so this Boston team's got a nasty edge, and they 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 play right on that they edge. Always played on that edge. So they the thing, always have. The thing is, is that we we went we were with them pound for pound in that game. It was especially coming in, especially I mean, well, that's the thing. That's the difference, right? Because like, here's the thing: you can take you can take all the new teams. And all the like really good up and coming teams, right? That are like unstoppable all season long. And then when you put them in the playoffs, they don't make it past the first round because they don't have the grit and the grind to get through that sort of play. It right. gets the physicality of it. Like things get Rats out of control. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, different. So it was a good it was a good taste for this team, I think. And I, I honestly I think that the the yeah, the Bruins didn't Ooh, like they just get they just got one bias by well, the skin I, of their teeth. I just think that they they didn't like that we handed them a shutout in their own building and they wanted to send a message. Thing is, mm-hmm. we were like, yeah, we get it. You know, yeah. we we get it. We don't care. Like, bring it. And so, you know, that was cool to see. And that was that was probably the most like playoff atmosphere I've seen. We've had a few, but that one was like, yeah, just a battle. That's a, that's a show. 
Yeah, it's a show. So. It's a battle for sure. We lost that one, but it was close and it was a fun game. So you know what? And if you see that game played seven times in a row, right? You might see the Kraken come out with four wins. Yep, I think so. So at, at least they're they're taking care of the nonsense. I like all the stuff inside the rules, but that trip was dangerous and that kick to Groose head was not cool either. So you just gotta with teams like that, you gotta stay on them. So it's good to see the league at least you know hand out a little dole out a little punishment. For sure. All right, last thing we got uh, breaking news: Warner Brothers Discovery has apparently told teams that they no longer want to be in the sports local sports business so teams have until the 31st of march to make deals to take their rights back and uh this warner brothers discovery owns a minority stake in root sports so this directly affects the kraken and their fans ability to view games um this just broke today uh so we're gonna crazy Continue to monitor the situation and update everybody as it unfolds. But, um, yeah, <laughs> do not want to be I mean, what, uh, suddenly have not have the ability to watch games going into the last, like, six games of the season in April. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the local sports networks are always the toughest, you know what I mean? It's like they should just – I eat. they got to figure something out. Right? Yeah. Because if you just had like the ESPN plus, if everybody had like that one monthly subscription or whatever, and it was even Steven across the board, no one would have a problem with that. Right. right? Like if you could just get but every, it's get like you the get cra- that and then all your local teams are blacked out and you can watch every other team in the league, like why would you even want that then? Yeah, I don't know. But so, I hope they figure it out. I also, you know, I really love the crew over there at Root Sports, so I'm sure their stuff's not in jeopardy, but it changes the way all that stuff works. You know, John Forslund, JT Brown, Al Snell, and all those guys, you know. Yeah. Piper Shaw, uh, Eddie Olchek. Um, so <laughs> Eddie Olchek Jr. <laughs> Eddie Olchek Jr., yeah. Everybody. I care about everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. Even, it's, even dude, Olchek it's a good team, so... I'm sure it all gets folded <laughs> in, and it, some, you know, with this stuff, there's too much money in it. Even Baba Booey. It's it's too there's too <laughs> much money in it for something not to happen. So, but yeah, we're gonna let everybody know as as it unfolds for sure. Yeah, we'll find out. Exactly. Anything else, Doug? No, I don't think so. I think that about covers it. That about wraps it up for this here episode. All right, we'll put a bow on it. Take it away. Put a bow on this one. And the Kraken Captains podcast is the original Kraken podcast. And JB and I want to thank all you Kraken fans for listening. We're hockey lovers doing it for the love, but we're also doing it for you. So let's go Kraken. We would love to hear from you. So tweet us at Kraken Captains. But keep your heads up because another episode is coming real Real soon. soon. We're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. 
The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.